Welcome to this um, impromptu episode of Chasing Descent live with me, John. And um, I, I thought I couldn't resist it. I couldn't resist it. You know the the whole coup thing, the Wagner coup thing. Um, I just had to. I just had to go and uh, and make something about it. So I'm going to talk to you about it. But first of all, let's run our proper intro. As you can see, I changed things to try and stop the um the the sea, you know the the strange um animations going on behind me, but hey, no avail. I guess it's my cheap lights, so I'm going to have to do something there. But anyway, uh, we'll, we'll crack on. So, Wagner, the coup that never was, because as we know by now, and if you didn't, it's done. It's all finished. Wagner has stood down, and, um, you know, it's all going to be sweetness and light. So, it's not the fan. It's not the fan, because the fan was off yesterday. Um, so... I've left the fan on because I w I'm cooking at the moment, but uh, if it annoys you, I'm sorry. But do you, you don't really want to see me dissolve visually into a bucket of sweat before your very eyes. So anyway, yeah, the coup the coup's finished, but that that has its other problems as well. But let's um, let's go through this. I'm going to go through it, um, and 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 there's certain things I kind of think I found out um, that other people. In the mainstream aren't reporting, um, but I, I might be wrong. I might have picked up the wrong information from sources. But let's let's see. So let's go back to um, to when the coup started and actually when it finished, because the coup finished on Thursday night. Huh? But it hadn't started on Thursday night. Well, apparently on Thursday night the FSB, that's the Russian Security Services made a number of arrests in Moscow where they broke up a number of terrorist cells. And that might well be important as to what didn't happen yesterday or today. So, um, just, to, just to bring you up to speed on where Ben is, Ben's in hospital, um, hopefully had his appendix out by now. Last time I spoke to him was about 3 o'clock. He'd been delayed because... He was next to go, and then an emergency came in. Um, so he had to kill, cool his jets for another two hours. I suspected he would be sent home and told to come back tomorrow. Um, but apparently his bloods were looking worse, so his inflammatory markers were worse, so they thought it was quite important that they would take it out. So I hope they've taken it out and not sent him home. Um, he's not talking to me, so I'm hoping he's under. Either that or he's fallen out with me, because I said, well, probably what will happen is they'll send you home, You'll have to get ambulance down in the middle of the night because it's ruptured. You'll get sepsis and then you'll die. It's all part of the NHS plan, isn't it? You know, cut down the numbers. If you cut down the numbers, less people to treat. But let's let's just hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> it was tongue-in-cheek. Um, so <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping he's I'm hoping he's under. Um, and and in fact, he should probably be coming out now. 
Yeah. I, I don't like general if, if you had general anaesthetic I've had it once I didn't like it didn't like it at all because it's not like going to sleep it's like it's like a, it's like an off switch one minute you're there the next minute you're awake again and there is no feeling of passage of time it's like on and off you know and I did not like that at all it was just bizarre because you know, when you when you fall asleep, even if you're not dreaming or you don't remember your dream or whatever, you're aware that time has passed. But no, didn't like it at all. It is horrible. It is horrible. You're right. Um. So anyway, right. So let's go back. So let remember what happened on Thursday. So then, Prigozhin, who is a strange and divisive character anyway, isn't he? Because one, he's not a military leader. Remember, he's just a businessman. Um, it's sometimes known as Putin's chef because of the catering contracts he had with Putin um, and then he starts this private army thing and remember the whole private army the whole Wagner thing they're not just mercenaries they were there for a particular reason because Russia constitutionally can't use its army to go into certain areas because it has restrictions one it can do like, like for instance where America wants to go and bomb Syria Russia Russia has to Russia is constitutionally bound not to interfere in other in foreign governments. So what they do is they get around that by using Wagner Group. And that's why Wagner's been used a lot in Africa and places like that. So yeah, it's a workaround. Okay, but then they thought they'd use them in Ukraine. Um so that that that's how Wagner came about and Prigozhin is a, as I said, he's a strange character and I don't know I don't know what's happened. And there's a couple of theories here. One, he's got PTSD and he's gone nuts because he's made some really inflammatory statements. I mean, he's, I mean, he's made statements that a military commander could never hope to get away with. And let's face it, he styles himself as a military commander, but he's not in the military. So that's probably why he's independently wealthy. He works with Putin, he thinks he's got Putin's ear, and he hates this guy Shoigu, the, the general. He's got a real beef with him. He was a guy that, remember he was accusing them of not sending him enough ammunition and things like that? So he has a real beef with this guy. And and this has been going on for months now. And then um, on Friday he said that his position had been attacked by a Russian missile from behind them. Therefore, it was the Russian military that had dropped a missile and targeted it on the Wagner group. And this is what's kicked it all off. And he's gone he's gone into Rostov-on-Don, which is a Russian town, where the general, I think it's Sheremisko or something like that, has been running the, the thing from. And apparently he did a bunk when, they, when he, he heard Wagner were coming down the street or whatever. So... And at this point, Prigozhin's made it quite personal because Rostov von Don is twinned with Glasgow. <laughs> anyway, so and and this is where you you, you got to try and sort out the wheat from the chaff, and it's really really difficult because what we have here is we have the Allies have now gone. Yes, this is exactly what we wanted. Um, so they've all gone nuts and they've flooded social media with, you know, their bots, their 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 actors, their good and bad actors, whatever. 
um, their stories. They're they're just getting everything out there because they they're sensing blood in the water. They're thinking this is it. This is it. This could be regime change. We could get put and taken out. And then you know, but they're not thinking straight here because. What's going to happen if you take out Putin? Because most of the other people that are there and would fill his role are either worse or harder line. I think Putin's actually holding some of them back. I might be wrong, you know, but my opinion is he's, he, he's not... He, everything he does seems to be fairly well-reasoned for a madman, you know. So, like any world leader, there's a bit of... Uh, narcissism in there and whatever but he does seem to be in control except now because Prigozhin went nuts so Prigozhin went into Rostov on Don took over the, the the military complex declared that they ruled the town and were going to make it independent or a state or something and then got a column together and started heading towards Moscow and and Prigozhin made statements and went completely off script. He started saying things that exactly what the West is saying, exactly what we're saying in the West. You know that um, Ukraine's winning at a, a, a rate of ten to one for every, you know, one Ukrainian killed, ten Russians are dying. The, the Russians losing a thousand troops a day. They don't have any ammunition. Everything's in disarray. Um, people aren't refusing to fight because they want to. They don't want to fight. It's because they don't have any ammunition. They don't have any command. They don't have any vehicles. So he he just went completely off script and started saying all this and and then he said things that were provably false because he said things like you know Ukrainians had broken through in certain areas and. Um, the Russians had fallen back and this town was now under the control of Ukraine and things like that. And then you were getting Russians coming on with video and going, eh, we're still here. <laughs> we're still here and there's no fighting and nobody's taking over the town except us because we're still here. So I think I think Progression either lost it or, or the intelligence services of the West have got to him. And he's been turned, right? So, if any intelligence service has done it, I would put my money, and this is rare for me, but I think I'm going to put my money on MI6. Because at this point in the game, I don't think the CIA is up to it, because they don't have a commander-in-chief. And you would need to have sign-off from... You know, your your commander in chief to do a lot of the things that had to be done to get this done, and I think maybe the Brits have had a big hand in this. So that's um that's that's just a theory. I, I can't prove it, but I suspect that we could have had a big hand in this, and I think um, old Tobias there will be rubbing his hands in glee, and maybe um maybe our friend on the inside could give us an insight um, if he finds anything out. Anyway, regardless of whether intelligence services were or were not involved at that point, they'll certainly be involved now um, because they'll be activating all their assets to try and continue the upset. Because this hasn't this doesn't look good for putting on any measure, does it? Because you've suddenly got a column of between well various reports from a hundred to four hundred fighting vehicles heading up the M4. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not the one in England, heading up the M4 towards Moscow 
and they're putting roadblocks out and the roadblocks are getting down and apparently there was even some of them blown up by helicopter attacks from the Russian Air Force and and then they're getting closer and closer to Moscow and then you then you start getting all the misinformation coming out like uh, Lukashenko has fled Belarus that's not the case he's still there he's still he's still in Belarus uh, nothing's happened in Belarus there's been no change there um uh, then you get the you know Putin's aircraft has left Moscow and he's 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 fled Moscow. I, I don't think so because I think and what's critical here is nobody came out behind Wagner, right? And this is this is part of the reason why they did this public kind of drive towards Moscow because they were expecting every town and village and things that they went through. The mails would be coming out and going, "We're behind Wagner. We stand behind Wagner. Wagner's right." And what kind of coup do you announce by saying you're not coming for the leader of the country, you're coming for the defence secretary and a couple of the generals? So, kind of ill-thought-out plan of attack there. Maybe he's thinking that he's going to get the army on his side because maybe these guys aren't well-liked or whatever, but then starts to go wrong at that point because no one's coming out behind Wagner. And then Putin goes on TV and basically says, as far as he's concerned, nothing's changed in Ukraine. They're still fighting. They're still holding. Um, status quo there. Um, and he then starts to speak to a group of people that have been maybe coerced or duped into uh, an illegal military activity, which he's talking to the Wagner group. And he's and he in the end says basically that Prigozhin and his commanders are traitors, and he used the word traitor I think twice. So he, he's firmly come down on the point that Prigozhin is not getting away with this one. Um, and then apparently he said to his commanders, his army uh, and air force, stop them by all means necessary. Right. So that was it. The hammer was going to come down on them. I think um, there was there was there was nothing. They were never going to get into Moscow. They just were never going to get into Moscow. They would have maybe have got close, and maybe I got closer, but they were never, never getting into um, to, to Moscow. So I think the way Putin's done this, and I don't know how he's done it, but. It's come out pretty well because he hasn't had to kill any Russians really, and the Russians the Russians haven't been fighting Russians, so from what could have been a real real mess and a real bloodbath on on this the the side of Wagner, um, I think what's happened is he's avoided that and Wagner have stood down and are going back to their camps. Now. <laughs> That's that's the first step, right? So Wagner stood down. What's Prigozhin going to do now? If he's got any sense, he's gone, right? Um, because if he's not gone, he's he's going to end up on trial for treason, and he's going to get punished, definitely. Um, I think Wagner's finished now. Apparently they were taken down, you know how they had all, I, I mean, the, the Wagner were the heroes of Bakhmut, and then they had all these, uh, you know, joined Wagner and all that, all these um, recruitment posters up in the cities, 
and apparently they're all getting torn down. So Wagner's done, finished, absolutely finished. So um, there ain't going to be any Wagner anymore. So um, there you go. Um, I, I think he's rescued it uh, and looked very statesmanlike while doing it, as Putin, because he hasn't gone off his trolley and cracked up like uh, Prigozhin has. So Prigozhin's not done himself any favours. It was really ill-conceived. It was a strange, strange way of doing things. I do not think this is... Um, I don't think this... And let's let's go back to our principle where we keep things simple, right? What would Russia have to gain by staging this? Because it doesn't it doesn't give them any advantage militarily because they've moved, they've moved troops around because they had a Chechen column heading into Rostov-on-Don. Um, who are obviously backing up Putin. The army stayed with Putin. Everybody stayed with Putin. All his uh, advisors, all his all his um, pol politicians, they've all stayed with Putin. So Putin, from the point of view of running Russia, is rock solid. There's no dissent there, right? Um, nobody's gone with Prigozhin. Not even the public. So Prigozhin's dead. He's dead in the water. He's not... Um, he's not... Uh, He's got nothing. He's got nothing now. So that then says, I, I don't think it's. A, I don't think it's an act. I don't think it's something that's happened um, to to as a bit of theatre to try and lull the Ukrainians or or the or NATO or the West into a false sense of security to draw them into something. I don't think that's that's the case here. So and keeping it on the simple thing, I really think. I think the two scenarios that were played out, either Prigozhin's gone nuts and he's managed to convince his commanders to do this or he's been bought out or sold out to Western Intelligence Services and he's been working for them. So that that is my take on it. Um, that, there's no advantage to Russia staging this um, because the one thing that it doesn't help them with is BRICS. Because they now suddenly don't look like a... I mean, what was looking like a fairly stable government, a fairly stable country, and now they've got this clown running about, you know, trying to stage a military coup? It's just... I mean, Putin would be sitting there going, that, I just did not need this, you know? I mean, he's got his, he's got his operation ongoing in Ukraine. He's... It's dragged on way longer than we want. The West won't come to the negotiating table. And then Prigozhin goes off reservation and starts doing this. And he's like, oh, what, what is he thinking? What is he thinking? So I think, um, as I said, Prigozhin's dead in the water and Wagner's gone. Wagner's gone. So now I'm going to come to the chat and um, and see what, uh, what you guys think. Um, right, so... Uh, oh, you had a Russian Twitter space today, Andrew. That's good. I, I never saw that. That's unfortunate. I would have liked to have heard that. Um, dun, 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 uh, it's... Um, I don't like Twitter spaces. They're really annoying. Uh, because they're... They can be really hard to listen to it sometimes. And if you want to speak on it, you've got to do it on your phone. So everybody ends up with terrible, terrible audio. Um, really, really bugs me. But it would have been interesting to have, uh, to have seen what you were saying on it. Um, 
what's the difference between the Wagner Group and Blackwater? Well, nothing really. Except one works for uh, the US government and one works for the Russian government. So, there you go. Uh, Blackwater's a private contractor firm who basically used the uh, security services and mercenaries in foreign countries. <laughs> Right, um, Putin agreed to give Prigozhin immunity. Yeah, yeah, right. This, um, I, I, I don't think this, right, so, he's obviously said this to get him to stand down without having to immolate him, right? But how long? How long? How long before Prigozhin has an accident? Because, remember, you are dealing with Vladimir Putin. Vladimir Putin grew up in Soviet Russia, and Vladimir Putin worked for the KGB. Vladimir Putin is no stranger to getting rid of his enemies, allegedly. Right. So, how long is Prigozhin going to last now, whether he thinks he's got immunity or not? You know, a week, a month, maybe a couple of years. But Bogosian's out. He's he is out. Um, and and Wagner, Wagner's it's a dead duck. It's a dead duck now. It'll be run down. And think about it. Where does Wagner get all its ammunition, its equipment from? He gets it from the Russian military. So it's not going to get anything. So Wagner is a dead duck. Um, so I can't. I I I. Unless you've got some theory as to why they did this as a fabricated operation, I have no, I have nothing to, I can't think of anything that would back that up. I can't think why um, they would do this. What, what benefit? Where, where are they? What are they doing it for? How does it benefit them? It's like, it's like, how did, how would it benefit Russia to blow up the dam? You know, um, cut off the water supply to Crimea, which they are running. Um, stop. Stop them being able to advance, which they were in a position to do. Um, you know, flood all their defences. So yeah, so it's like keep it simple. You know, show me where Russia wins, and maybe I'll consider it. But other than that, I can't. Um, he, he has done very similar before. Yeah. Right. So uh, distraction from further incursion into Ukraine, maybe? Nah, nah, I can't. No, there's, there's no um, there's no reason for a distraction because Russia's holding all the cards here. You know they've got defense in depth in their current positions. Um, Ukraine has thrown everything they've had at them and got nowhere. They've got nowhere. So I mean, and if you're doing an offense, if you're doing an offense on a defensive position, you really want three three or four to one advantage in troops. You just don't get there. You're not getting there. Um, I think, Andrew, you might be right. Progression is a nutter, and I think he needs a limelight. And I think he wasn't in the limelight enough. He saw the Russian military were actually doing a relatively good job um, in their defence. So, yes, he, he, um, he he's maybe done this to get back in the limelight. But if he has... He's a silly, silly man because it's if he's done this just as a publicity stunt, 
he's off his trolley because this is Vladimir Putin and he might look he might look like your slightly creepy uncle but this guy will he will kill you you know and not blink and he's done it he has done it before in the past he's a he's it's former KGB, for God's sake. You know, you can't mess with them. And you might think, oh, he's probably mellowed in old age. You think? You think? <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> A retreat from Ukraine. Uh, well, you think they're going to pull out Ukraine now? Why would they do that? Um... If they could, if if this would have got the West to the negotiating table, then yes, I could understand that. But how how can it? Because at the while while this was happening, have no mistake, right? Ukrainians were were in in rapture. They thought this was the best thing ever. That this is um, Russia's in disarray. Russia's tearing itself apart. Russia's fighting Russia. Yeah, we've got a, we've got a chance. NATO's over the moon because, you know, Russia's in disarray. Have we got a chance to actually move in and do some stuff? Um, but, you know, it started on a Friday and it's finished by Saturday afternoon. That's not a coup. That's just a, that's just a, a mess. Um, so I can't, I can't see how, I can't, I can't see how it would how um, it would even entice the West to go towards the negotiating table because it's not affecting them. They're just sitting there rubbing their hands, going, "Yes, Russia's imploding." So if if anything, it makes the war more likely to continue. Um, but hey, hey, dun 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 dun. What we got? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I bet they will. I bet they will, Adam. Yeah, bunch of clowns. Um, but. Lavrov is probably the best option if they need Lavrov. Um, what as a Lavrov? What as as a replacement for Putin? Yeah, he's he's probably all right, but I don't think he would be the replacement. Uh, it's a wartime propaganda test. No, nah, I don't think so, Adam. Don't think so. Can't think of that. No, it's too it's it's too harmful to Russia. This has harmed Russia in the world stage. Remember, Russia's looking. Russia's setting itself up there with China as the leader of BRICS, and this really harms them on the world stage. They suddenly look, they look quite weak. They look unstable. Putin loses he loses face. You know, if this had happened in China, uh, Xi would be apoplectic. I mean, Putin probably is as well. But, you know, it has to, it has destabilised them, yeah. So th there's no way they've they've set this up themselves. I think this is, it's either a Western op that's managed to get to Prigozhin and convince them um, that Russia were going to fail or they were going to take Russia out one way or the other. And if, they, if he backed them, um, then he would be all right. But... Let's wait and see what happens now because I can't think anything good's going to happen to uh, Mr. Pregosian. Uh, is this a pay your bills or we will cause issues job? 
Mm, wages now paid and back to business as usual? Nah, probably not. Probably not. I mean, Wagner were... See, Wagner, as if they just kept their heads down. Progoshin was a hero. He was going down in history. I mean, you know, a Russian hero, but he was going down in history, Russian history, as as a hero, the hero of Bakhmut, you know, because they took Bakhmut. And, and, I mean, the Western propaganda was that they will never take Bakhmut. It's too it's strategically too important. You know, they can't, they can't take it and all that. But they did. They took it. And it was almost exclusively, exclusively the Wagner group that took it. So why, um, why didn't he just keep his? If he wanted to stay in Russia, if he wanted to be a good Russian, um, why didn't he keep his head down? Because he would have been a hero, and then he might have had a chance at running at some kind of political office. But by what he's doing, he's really shot himself in the foot, hasn't he? I can't understand that. I can I just can't understand. What he's, what he's thought he was going to gain here, unless unless he was duped or convinced by Western intelligence services that um, it had to be done. Hey, there we go. So, um, what's happening at the power plant? I'm not quite sure, Andrew, because um, we talked briefly about the power plant yesterday, because, again, working on the keep it simple uh, basis... There's no reason for Russia to blow up that power plant. There's every reason for Ukraine to blow up that power plant and blame Russia. So that's the one that would worry me, um, that someone gets in there, some kind of bad actor, whatever side, and blows up the power plant. Because the power plant's provide, the power plant's in Russian hands. It's providing power. It's still running. Um, and it's providing power to Russian-occupied territory. So why blow up? You know what's the gain? Where's the where's the where's the one one for Russia? You know, uh, Russia's want to hold on to that territory because I don't think that's territory they would going to release if they um, even if they go to the negotiating table they'll be going no that's ours we're keeping that. So if they're going to hold on to that t that territory, why would you want a nuclear sly keep in it? So yeah, I I, I think. Um, I think it's only sensible that the inspectors are invited to go and have a look at it, but I think I'd be keeping a very, very close eye on the inspectors. Have I got a bump on my... Uh, I walked into a roller shutter door today, which hadn't been fully raised. That's what happens when your wife opens a roller shutter door and doesn't open it all the way. Dink. Mind you, some could say I should have been watching where I was going, and that possibly it could be a valid argument. <laughs> so um, there we go. Um, I hope you've enjoyed this this um, this little look at what's happened on the the Russian coup. It's certainly been a bit of excitement that one I, I never saw this coming. I must admit, and I know Prigozhin has been making all these stupid statements, but I didn't think he was crazy enough, you know, to actually um, to actually do this, to, to mobilise his forces. And, and thinking about it, you know, where did he think he was going to get his supplies from? Because it's not as if he had a logistics... Um, he wouldn't have had a logistics team backing him up because his logistic was a Russian army. <laughs> if the Russian army's fighting against them, he's going to run out of ammo really, really quickly. I just, I just, 
I just don't understand um, I just don't understand what he was thinking but there you go there you go so um, thank you very much everyone for attending this remember if you wish to support us you know we just need cash I know a lot of people want to send blankets or water just send your cash got war just need cash um, you can always support us on Kofi or Patreon you know what to do by now um, and there's always um, paypal.me um, I'm Jaipo and Ben's Wheelie Bricks if you want to do individuals um, I'd like to thank uh, I'd like to thank Julian Dreadeye in particular for their kind gift of my shirt that I was wearing last night um, it looked good it looked good so, thank you, people. Thank you. And um, as always, it's been great for you. We live lives on a small screen nation We control the airwaves, no negotiation I refuse to think we need saving Something good will come from creation And when we think that the world is too anxious We'll adapt to all survive and save it The keeps you up at night, yeah Make all the demons quiet, yeah We were built to thrive, yeah I think that we've all had enough The keeps you up at night, yeah Make all the demons quiet, yeah we Built to drive, yeah